welcome to the Tuto Dopio podcast, the show about an American couple totally in love who unplug and uproot and leave the heartland of America for a teeny tiny farm in rural Italy. It's an adventure and we are so glad to have you along with us. Today is January 1st, 2016, a Friday. Thanks so much for downloading the podcast. I'm your co-host, Bob, and I'm joined by my beautiful wife and Foxy co-co-host, Gina. Say hi, Gina. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you, baby. How you doing? Good. Yeah? Yeah. What do you think? 2015 in the can. Yes. Done. Yes. Finito. Yeah. We're starting a new one. Mm-hmm. Any reflections or thoughts about the year? Uh, let's see. It went by faster than I thought it was going to go by. Mm. Um, you know, we were listening to another podcast a day or two ago. Uh-huh. I can't remember. And... This couple had said that they thought it was really important to move to a place where you don't necessarily see any other expats because you become much more integrated mm. into the community and yeah. it happens faster. And that's, if you're really going to do it, you just should go cold hold, turkey. Yeah, hold hog or however you want to rephrase it. And I, I get that, but I don't know, like it, it would have been really tough to do this without all of our friends who came and we have people, Americans who live near us. Yeah. I mean, within a 20 minute drive. So there's Dwight. Um, and yesterday we had a lovely, lovely lunch with Anya and Christoph and their kids. Yeah. Yeah. Anya and Christoph, we've known for a little while now and they moved, they were in Massachusetts mm-hmm. and then New Hampshire right before they moved here mm-hmm. and they finished their house and invited us over for lunch. And, um, we had seen the project in various stages, but I mean, they're done. Yeah, they're done. And it's a beautiful house and they have excellent taste yeah. and I mean, they haven't been in that long. I mean, no. they were supposed to be done, I think in August, which is, that just doesn't happen around here. And then I think it was Thanksgiving and they moved in like two weeks after Thanksgiving, which is really good for Italians. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it's beautiful. And then Place their son and daughter-in-law and granddaughter arrived, I think, would they say on the, the 15th, maybe? In the middle of the month, I think. Yeah. yeah. Something like that. Yeah, and that was just a real pleasure. And I they're mean, leaving tomorrow. Yeah. It's, a, it's kind of a bummer that we didn't get to meet them I know. sooner. I know. Right? Her daughter-in-law, Tueri, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly, is a former gaucho. So she went to UC Santa Barbara. What's the chance of two UC Santa Barbara girls ending up in Lamarque? <laughs> yeah. Apparently not zero. Uh, and uh, you, you she's two. my type. She's a social worker. Oh my gosh. And she's... Love shoes. Love shoes. And then her their daughter is just the cutest. Oh my gosh. Super, super smart. And Bart's this fantastic artist. And well, His art is fantastic. And I, you know, I don't really know enough about art to know what I'm looking at. He was really patient with me yeah. and showed me some <laughs> stuff. And because I have an engineering background, you know, he showed me some things that were based on Boolean logic and really beautiful stuff. Yes. I mean, really, yes. really fantastic. He, his interpretation of a helix, like DNA, a dumb, DNA and yeah. what that would had look four, like yeah, as had, it's formed. I mean, it was just... He had four different sort of abstract paintings, excuse me, paintings of the four amino acids. Right. 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 And... Um, it was just great. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. And the whole the whole afternoon was great. It was, it was really it was great. So it was nice 
to celebrate that on New Year's Eve. I mean, it just felt very comforting to, um, to be in a place where there were, there was some shared experiences and that was great. Yep. And we've got a, um, another pair, a pair, a couple Mm -hmm. that we know via podcast, although we got to meet. No, no, both of them through Luca. That's through Luca. That's right. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I hope they listen to the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's through Luca, of course. Yeah. Yeah. So Brian and Kathy are in the middle of all sorts of things, and I think they had had plans to be here um, soon, but some stuff is some stuff is going on, and so they're going to be delayed a little bit. But uh, yeah, it'll be just as great to have them. Yeah. Not nearby. not, Not to get into the details too much, but it, it's the kind of thing that would throw a lot of people for a loop. Mm-hmm. And I think it probably did, mm-hmm. but, um, we got this email from Kathy and she is on top of things and she's just, you know, just like raring to go. Mm-hmm. And, um, it's great. Yeah. It doesn't matter whether yeah. those people are from Italy, Africa, you know, yeah. the, the North pole, uh, or the United States. When you have people like that around, it's really cool. It is. Yeah, it is. It is. So that's our recap of 2015. Shall we, we're going to, we're going to dive into the show. There are other crazy people doing this. Yeah, that's right. Other crazy Americans. And there's nothing, and there's nothing wrong with that. So here's what I thought we'd talk about. We'll talk about the, the nuns. Okay. Your discovery Mm -hmm. of, um, of the nuns. The girls. We're going to talk about what we've been eating. That's not Italian. Uh Uh-huh. And then we're going to roll back a little bit and talk about Vendemia. Okay. uh, In the fall. Okay. Sound good? That sounds great. All right. Here we go. Okay. We have made some friends mm-hmm. in town. Mm-hmm. I mean, you've really made some special friends in town, right? Yeah. So talk about it. <clears throat> um, so this started whew, during the summer when the guys were working. They uh, the landscaping the landscaping guys. Workers. So I think it was Andrea and Emanuele and Marco mm-hmm. um, found this place to go to lunch in town, which we had heard about it, but never investigated it and never, I mean, never followed up on it. So, uh, one of the convents in town, there are two of them. One is right above us and they're cloistered. There's another one. Um, and they, as part of their mission, they serve lunch and dinner and rent rooms. Right. And so that's where the guys would go for lunch every day. For 10 euro, you get this whole spread. So they told us about it. We thought, oh, that sounds really interesting. We should go. And we were crazy enough to go the very first time with the Nowatskis and Colleen and Juliana. Right. People, so people were visiting, the Nowatskis were visiting. Well, they were all visiting yeah. and they had a limited amount of time mm-hmm. and they came to be with us and we said, well, we're going, let's go. We're going to go to the nuns. Yep. We had never been there before. And they put us on this long table. With the guys? With the workers. Mm-hmm. Under, under a yeah. picture of the last supper. Mm-hmm. I mean, we looked like we were reenacting the last uh, supper. And it's, a, I mean, it's like you said, it's a full blown deal. So you get um, a creamy, mm-hmm. right? A, a little like a pasta dish. Mm-hmm. Then you get a meat dish mm-hmm. and some vegetables mm-hmm. and salad and some sort of dessert, often fruit. Yes. Plus wine. Plus wine. And plus coffee. coffee. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yep. And Fridays is always fish. Fridays always fish. Yes. Yep. And so we need to look back on those pictures because I wonder if that was the mother superior who was serving that first day. Oh. Remember the first day we went there, they actually, the nuns served. Um, mm. But um, so we go there now a couple of times a week, yep. right? The food is fantastic. Yep. The food Everything is great. Is Great. Yep. And um, describe the nuns, though. It's strange. There's, it's kind of so. Odd. There are, I think, twelve in total, mm-hmm. um, and nine of which I think that's right are Filipina. Yep. So I think the story is um, when they didn't have enough nuns, um, the mother superior um, started Importing strategizing them. and. Um, sought a relationship with a, with a convent, I think in the Philippines. Yep. And so, um, they've been doing that now for maybe nine years. I think Maria Esperanza has been here for nine years. I, I think, think that could be right. And she was one yeah. of the first ones to come. So every few years they get two more, yep. um, batches of two. Yeah. And, uh, and it's fantastic. I love them. They're just the they're just the greatest. They're they're my girlfriends. They're your height. <laughs> they're my height. <laughs> they speak they English. They speak English. And Italian. And Italian. And they're just It's great. They're just so happy. I mean, they're just always so happy. It's just a bunch of characters too. I mean, there's there's some people that go every day. Uh-huh. So we always see them there. Back up some bankers yes. from town. Uh, Don Domenico is the uh, oldest priest around, and mm-hmm. he eats there as well. Yes. He doesn't eat very much. No. Um, he moves very slowly. He knows a little bit of English and has traveled in the United States, so he's always talking to us about where he's been in the United States, and he, he sort of remembers who we are, um, but, uh, but and super, super nice guy. Yes. And the nuns are just super-duper sweet. I mean, um, they kind of got all up in your business, <laughs> right? Well, the younger ones... I guess I just don't know one. better, um, but asked if we were, if I was Catholic. They asked I you, said, they didn't know. Really. I mean, they asked me, but they were, they zeroed in on you. Yeah. And I fessed up. I said, no, and never been baptized. Never. You said, you said my dad was Catholic. My sister is Catholic. <laughs> not me. <laughs> yeah. Right. But they never, they haven't, they well, haven't the next pursued. Time, no, no. The next time we went, they, someone told you that Jesus was your best friend. Maria Esperanza. Yeah. And I, so I was a little nervous. Yep. But then the next time, she told me I was a really good person. You are a really good person. So, really so I don't person. think, I don't think. And then the and then the the Indian priest asked us yep. if we were Catholic, and we said nope. <laughs> uh, we just like the food. Uh, but they have turned into really really good friends, and now you want to have the nuns. Yeah, I want to have the girls over for dinner, lunch or which dinner requires or me asking the permission of the mother superior. I've been stressed out about this. Dad keeps saying, why are you stressed? You know, the- Don Domenico asks why are you stressed? He says, it's not like she's the Pope. <laughs> yeah. She's just in charge of That's this place. That's what he said the other day. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. Why are you so worried? So I said, in the new year, and it's now the new year, I'm going to be brave and sit and ask to speak to Mother yeah. Superior. You wanted to know if you needed to have an appointment, and Don yeah. Domenico is like, what, what are you talking about? <laughs> she's... You know, just ask, just tell her you want to talk to her. Just tell one of the nuns that you want to talk to Mother Superior and she'll talk to you. Yeah. So, <laughs> so we'll see how yeah, that so goes. Yes, I want to have them over for lunch or something. Although they're always so busy. I mean, they do everything. They chop their own wood. They yep. they run an olive farm. They they have a, I mean, 
they're always and then august yeah when all the italians take vacation they there's all these families that stay there that is the go-to place if you're an italian uh, a young family with not a lot of money Mm -hmm. i think um, you go and stay at the convent. They have yeah. a huge number of rooms. Yeah. I don't know, like 40 rooms. Yeah. And they're all, you and Dad took a tour. Yeah, they showed us all over. They're clean. They're not fancy, but they're clean rooms. And um, the parking situation is fine. Yep. And we're 15 or 20 minutes from the sea. Yep. So people bring their young families down. They eat at the convent, which is really good and really inexpensive. They go down to the sea for the day and um, and save a ton of money. That place is packed. Yes. So there are two dining rooms, mm-hmm. uh, you know, sort of next to each other with a little coffee station and water station in between. And that place is full on packed out mm-hmm. in August. Yeah. Now it's, you know, there's maybe a couple of us at, yeah. you know, at, at any time during lunch. Uh, but in September, when the August uh, vacation season is over, the nuns have a, what do they say? A retreat, a, retreat. a spiritual retreat. <laughs> Where they rest up after the, the summer. Yeah. They just... um I'm sure there is a spiritual retreat, but I bet they just need oh, some yeah. time. So there's no, they don't cook for anybody else in uh, in September. They mm-hmm. take that month off and there's no cooking and no washing of dishes and all that kind of stuff. Just what they, no, no making beds and all that. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. I can only imagine, right? There's, I know there's probably eight or nine of them that are working Yep. and I don't know how, there's probably, they're probably taking care of 140 people maybe. Yeah, probably. Full on for a month. Yeah. It, I mean, I just... That's when it all started. I said, oh, I wanted to help them in August. And they said, oh, you have to go ask the mother superior. And yeah. I said, well, let me just, you know, help you in the kitchen. Let me mop the floors. You have to ask you the mother superior. <laughs> That's when they started thinking maybe you wanted to be a nun. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so anyway, so they're lovely. I just, they're I really, great. really like them. They're great. And the last time we left and went to the U.S., um, you, I mean, it was, it was a little teary, mm-hmm. right? I yeah. mean, you really, we miss them. Yeah. And now they, I mean, towards the end of September or October, no, before we went, actually, they started giving us the leftover <laughs> fruit. Oh, yeah. So we'd go there and... We got a ton of persimmons, right? Yeah, we'd leave with persimmons and grapes and yep. apples and... Whatever they got extra of. Yeah, which was great because the weasels were here, so... Yeah, we made a lot of persimmon stuff. Yeah. Anyways, that's the nuns. If you come visit, we'll take you to lunch there. It's really, it's a, it's a, it's an experience in the best possible way. Yeah. I mean, super duper sweet, super good food. And, um, you don't get to pick, you get served what you oh, yeah. get served. Yeah. We should have said that. It's just one, it's mm-hmm. just one menu and, um, but it's super good food and they're super friendly and, um, they speak English, which is not like, uh, you know, most places in town Yeah, and it's right there in a beautiful part of the the mm-hmm. little town you walk down probably the prettiest street yes to get there and um it's just super duper we love them yeah. we love them i think you have a confession <laughs> do i need to tell you what it is yeah you cannot stand any more italian food Oh, oh, in small doses. <laughs> <laughs> you live in Italy, and that's all they eat here in small doses. No, no, no. No, after I about mean... a after about a year, I would say, or maybe even nine months of being here, we really started getting both of us, but you in particular, mm-hmm. uh, really had a hankering for non-Italian food, mm-hmm. Thai food, Indian food, Mexican food, um, which is just difficult to find here. People in Italy love Italian food. And if 
if you can get if you can have Italian food, why would you want anything else? That's mm-hmm. kind of the that's kind of the attitude. That, yeah, but we've started, I think, to crack the code on some of this uh, some of this non-Italian stuff. Mm-hmm. So, what is it that what are some of the things we're making now? Well, I'm. Well, it all depends on what I can get, right? Mm. So once we once we found that cash and carry, the kind of Costco yeah. place has a Asian section mm-hmm. where I could find sesame oil and oyster sauce, and then um, some good seasonings. Good seasoning, yeah, good seasonings. And then I started making some Asian food. So for a while, I've been making. Um, Chinese rice, Chinese rice because yeah. Chu Hong taught me that before I left. And uh, so that's is that jasmine rice? What do you use for that? Yeah, that's jasmine rice, and then some I, veggies, veggies, and throw in a little sh- bit of shrimp, shrimp or yeah. if we have leftover pork, and yep. then sesame. But it, it, the important thing is you need that sesame oil to flavor it. Mm. Um, and so that I've been doing for a while, oh. and then um, that's a nice break. Yeah, and then when what happened was when we had all the vegetables in the garden this summer. I went online to the New York Times website and looked for recipes that had eggplant, zucchini, mm. and found a couple of really great mm. recipes, which surprisingly I could find garam masala at the bio store. Can you describe what that is? I never really asked you about it. It's a, it's a, is it a one, seasoning? Is it one seasoning yep. or is it yep. a mix? Of I things? don't know what's in it. Okay. But, um, so that we, where I was able to find at the bio store. Um, and so we make a nice little oh, so good. eggplant, tomato, chickpea. chickpea, curry kind of. The first time you made it, it calls for fried eggplant, yeah. which was really good, but messy and yes. kind of fattening. Yes. And so since then, now you've been I just it, roast it. Roast I just it, yeah. stick it in the oven and grill it. And, uh, and then the last time we made it, I used the grilled eggplant that you did in the in the forno the wood burning oven yeah. outside so that's that's definitely a go-to we oh, still make so the good. israeli egg dish i yep. mean that we have all the time and that that we made in st louis that's pretty easy right yeah. that's what's in there tomato uh, it, gar- is there garlic in there yep there's garlic tomato and that has cumin seed which i can get here and paprika and cayenne pepper and so have, those are all those that's easy. If you haven't had the Israeli egg dish, that's a great one, especially if you have vegetarians. I mean, it does it does have eggs, mm-hmm. so it, it can't. It's not a vegan sort of thing. I suppose you could you could probably do it. Yeah. Um, but it's this tangy, spicy. A little bit of feta. We can get feta here. Yeah, tomato. Mm-hmm. It's this tomato based deal with uh, chickpeas and uh, no. no chickpeas. What am I saying? Uh, with um, onion, garlic, yeah. jalapeno pepper. Yeah. yeah. I was going to say chilies is what I was trying to say. Uh-huh. Uh, and uh, then cracked eggs on top, mm-hmm. which are sort of, um, what'd you say? Um, bat, I was going to say no, bat. Uh, poached. Poached. They're kind yeah. of poached on top. Mm-hmm. And uh, some kind of bread. Mm-hmm. And you just kind of ladle it out. Mm-hmm. Or if you're with the right group of people, you can just have the big pot in the middle and yeah. you dip in there. And yeah. It's really good. And it's it's relatively it's relatively yeah. easy, right? And then the last thing was we were in, we're at home. We were in the States last month for the month. Yep. And I, I ate a lot of Penang curry, which is my favorite, mm. and went to the grocery and found brought back red Thai chili paste and started to replicate or attempted to replicate it. I think I got pretty close. Oh my gosh, it's so good! I and think I it's ran better out than, of it. 
think it's better yeah. than uh, what we had. We, we, we've done it with chicken and we've done we it, did with, it with chicken, which, which, was good. which was okay. But I've talked about the chicken here. It's not one of my favorite. And then, I think, I, you know what, but that was the first time we did it. I bet if you did it again with chicken, you'd like it even oh, more. Maybe. But, but uh, the vegetables are fantastic. There's no reason okay. to do chicken. And then the last time we did it, we had a whole bunch of like, oh my gosh, I am salivating. roasted I'm just like, vegetables that you did in the forno. And I made it for Marco and Paolo, two yeah. of the guys working. And yeah. they had lunch with us. And they we invited them in and we locked the door. Seconds. Yeah. They ate and it. I was so happy. They ate they ate we ate all of that stuff. I mean we ate it we ate almost every last drop of it. Yeah. So so that I was able to do that successfully because I got the oyster sauce from yeah. Cash and Carry, coconut milk. Yeah. I got there. The coconut milk the, we can find. The Thai curry I brought from home. That so, we're gonna have to get some more of or find a supplier. Well, I got some from Cash and Care. I'm gonna try it today. Okay. Um mm, today. And see, yeah, because we leave again in a few days for the right. States and if it's lousy, I'm gonna have to bring some ah, back. Good, good plan. Um and then um and I added a little bit of peanut butter. So yeah. it had the little peanutty kind of flavor and, and the peanut butter here is tastes like peanuts. I yeah. mean, there's no sugar in it, right. it's just peanuts. So that's it that's actually really that makes it a lot easier. Right. Um, so, yeah. So, that's been good. Let's see. Mexican food. We we figured out how to make um, breakfast burritos. Oh, yeah. So, right? there's, a, there's a sausage. A which is Calabresian sausage. Nuja. Nuja, which is like andouille, mm-hmm. um, which is a little hotter than Mexican chorizo, mm-hmm. but it's soft like that. Yep. And it's it's the taste is really close, I would mm-hmm. say, to chorizo. Maybe yes. just a little more it's temperature. It's hotter, but... Uh, and we can get tortillas. We can get mm-hmm. flour tortillas, not corn tortillas, mm-hmm. but we can get flour tortillas. So um, burritos, breakfast burritos, yep. easy to do. Um, grill up some potatoes if we want them. Yep. And then uh, the uh, the chorizo-like stuff and the eggs, that's fantastic. Yep. We've mastered, I'd say we're pretty close to mastering the pork, the slow-roasted pork oh, shoulder yeah, for all the, the day after. So if we make pizzas in an evening... The next morning, the oven is just the right temperature to put a pork shoulder in there and let it sit for several hours. And, and you then, got it. You finally you finally yeah. got it. Yeah, I figured out, boy, I am just <laughs> drooling all over myself. I'm like buttercup. Uh, yeah, I think we did finally, we did finally uh, figure that out. Yeah. And um, we made some, uh, I, I slow cooked some pinto beans the other a couple of a week ago or mm-hmm. so and um oh those were really good and then re-mashed them and refried them with a little bit of lard but and, we had uh, to get the pinto beans from the bio store yep. i mean they're you can't just get them in the but grocery they taste, i mean they taste like refried beans yes i mean they tasted like they're u.s really refried good. beans really good fantastic so we're holding our own yeah i mean i think we're spending a little bit more time when we go to a store looking and and to see what's available and um Oh, we can even make a decent hamburger now. I brought back, yep, you figured Couldn't out figure that. that. I brought back, um, oh, well, Jacqueline gave us all mm. the ingredients for pozole, so we. I'm waiting to make that. Um, but I brought corn husks back to make mm, tamales, tamales and um, and different spices that I knew I couldn't get here. So those are all sitting downstairs waiting to be used. Like I can't get allspice here. So strange, huh? Those those types of things. Brought back lots of different chilies. We might be able to get some of that stuff online. I bet in some of the bigger like Milano or uh, yeah. Bologna or Probably. Rome, maybe we could find Probably. some. But maybe not so But we're getting but we're now so it's nice. We actually I think we probably have two non Italian meals a week, wouldn't you say? Yeah. 
Yeah. And then dad, I mean, dad always makes us the yummy, the fajitas with the shrimp and the peppers and, but he brings plum sauce over. Yeah. Your dad's got this, this fajita thing, which is not, I mean, it sounds, that sounds Southwestern or Mexican, right? Mm -hmm. Fajita, that word. But your dad has this whole, he goes a completely different direction and puts plum sauce on it. Yeah. So it's sort of this fusion. fusion. It's a fusion. Yeah. That's that's how your dad rolls. It's with Mm -hmm. a fusion. (laughs) So the big the big point here is this is going to sound weird because um, I think people maybe are listening to the podcast because they're thinking, well, what would it be like to live uh, every day in Italy and wouldn't it be fantastic? And the food in Italy is fantastic. Yeah. There's no question about it. We've got, Always fresh. We've got great seafood, great vegetables, great greens, just the, just a salad, um, fantastic pasta, and you can do it all kinds of different ways. Great it's, pork products. And some great pizza, too. I mean, yeah. it's just really good food. But... You know, when you when you grew up in the United States, you have this multi—I don't know if ethnic's the right word—but multicultural uh, uh, exposure to food. Mm-hmm. Certainly, we did. We grew up in Southern California, so there's all kinds of different food. Mm-hmm. And I mean, maybe someday we'll turn into Italians and just like get into the groove of only Italian food. But it's been it's been really um, it's been helpful. It's 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 um, and it's been fun for you. Yeah. I just eat it. Yeah. No, we have friends. I mean, you know, Pietro loves other foods and Luca likes curries. And so we have... It's not like every Italian... I'm being, you know, that's a little bit of a stereotype Mm -hmm. to say that Italians don't like any other food. But but typically they don't. And that means the shops don't. That's why it's hard to find the stuff. But you're right. Pietro is... He's traveled all over and he he likes some... He likes uh, he likes to try new things. Yeah. So we're gonna yeah. have him and uh, Stefano over for some pulled pork tacos. Yeah. And I'll be oh man, I'm so hungry right now. But I think it's just now we. I, I think I'm more. Um, I, I'm better about thinking about well, where are we going? So we went to London for the concert, mm-hmm. and I probably should have done some shopping there, but I didn't. Um, for food things. Yeah. But um, and now and when people say when they want to when ever somebody comes they always say what, what can we bring? bring what can we bring and so now i'm all about the sponges because that's easy to pack and i can't get good sponges here but i should be probably thinking about well if i need all spice a little jar of all spice yep. those are the little things that a plastic jar those are th- easy things to pack yep so if you come visit uh gina will tell you what to bring <laughs> <laughs> it, will, it will be some sort of spice that we can't get here <laughs> We did it. We had a second grape harvest. We actually had three this year, mm. right? Now we got to <laughs> yeah. go back in time a little bit. Oh, my stars. And talk about that. So the first, that seems so long ago. It, yeah, well, it was kind of long ago. Mm-hmm. The first harvest was the white grapes, the pecorino. That was hard. What happened? That was right before Terry and Arnie visited, right? I can't remember the date. Was that in August yeah, or September? It was, I think it was, I can't remember either. September. But that's when we had... They came the middle of September, and I think we harvested just before they got here. Okay. We saved a row for them, which we didn't end up doing. Mm-hmm. We had a tremendous pecorino, which is the white grape that we grow. But that took all day. It took with all day. all of us. Yeah. By right? all of us, you mean the tractor and some hired hands. Yep. Right? Uh, how many were we? Do you remember? It's there you were and me. seven of us. So it was you, me, Lydia, Pietro, Pietro um, um Mimo's kid. Mimo's kid. Antonio. Antonio and... Marcello. 
Marcello with the tractor and um, Lydia's dad. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, why am I blanking on his name? The Beast. The Beast. It'll oh come gosh. to us. Okay. Uh, so it took all of us, the tractor, and we did go all day. Mm-hmm. Right? Uh, we stopped yeah. and had some lunch at some point. Yep. Yep, and, we had a uh, nice, beautiful lunch out on the deck because it yep. had been finished, yep, and which right. was so nice, right? So nice. You broke out the uh, zucchini bread for dessert, which uh-huh. completely I was freaked so them out. excited. I made zucchini bread from our beautiful zucchini in the garden, and they didn't eat it. Dimitri, went, no, this is weird. Dimitri, yeah, yep. this is weird. I, well, no, Pietro of course ate it because yep. he likes yep. different things, but it, the Italians like. Uh, no. <laughs> no, the idea of zucchini bread was okay. It was that zucchini bread that was a sweet, yeah. like a dessert. They just didn't get that. That yeah. was less like, no, we're not going to have that. Mm-hmm. Um, but we did get it done, yeah. uh, uh, finally, yeah. uh, eventually. And um, a good yield this year. A we're good not, yield that was DOCG. Yeah, high quality, perfect. The acidity was just right. The sugar level was just right. Everything was good about mm-hmm. those white grapes. I mean, really, really good. Last year was really skimpy. This year, plenty of grapes. Yep. We tried to make some white wine. Not so good. We're going to try again next year. But you sold it to Coley Rapani, right? Yeah, the we co-op. Sold, You're yeah, now we sold part of the all co-op. Of our, sold all of our grapes to Coley Rapani, which, is, which has an advantage. So this is the co-op. Um, that we may join to become members of. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's we can see from the farm across the yeah. Across everybody the valley. who's been here, the big tanks, the big silver yep. tanks out there, <clears throat> and uh, they got a real operation there. The advantage is we're a very small vineyard, and when you sell the grapes to somebody else, you have to coordinate about the delivery, um, and so that makes it really difficult because not only do you have to find the workers here, you have to get the tractor here, have to do that around the time the grapes are coming ready to be harvested. You also have to settle up with the person you're selling the grapes to so that they can receive mm-hmm. the grapes because you don't have, the grapes can't sit around. I right. mean, they've they've got to go. Yeah. They've uh, got to be ready to crush. So if we do, if we sell to Coley, we don't have to worry about that. We just take the grapes over. There's a window of time when they say we're taking Pecorino grapes. And then there's another one where we're taking, you know, this or that. Because they're running 24 hours a day. Seven days like a week. The lights are always on. Yep. And you just see all the tractors going. Yep. <clears throat> all night long. All night long. Yep. So you just harvest. There's and a porchetta truck out there. And then, yeah, right. Exactly. They have a sandwich truck <laughs> selling to the people who are just like, you know, waiting in line and everything else. Uh, and the folks who work there. So with Coley, uh, you don't have to worry about that last step. You have still have to worry about getting the workers here. You still have to worry about getting the tractor here. But once the grapes are off, you just go over to Coley and you sit in line. Mm-hmm. And then they um, weigh the truck with the grapes. They test the sugar level and the acidity. Then you dump the thing. Then they weigh the truck again. And then they know how many grapes that you, that you delivered to them. Uh, and so that's what we did this year. And I think, I don't know. We still have to, we have to think it through. Uh, it certainly makes it easier. In terms of scheduling, because yeah. that's absolutely been a in the past. now somebody Pietro said somebody expressed buying our grapes next year, yeah, um, which would be very very cool. But we run into that same problem. Yeah, um, they make beautiful wine, but fantastic, especially the Pecorino, this white yeah, wine. Yeah, but it it means us, and he wants them hand crated. I mean, yeah. not in a in the tractor. He wants them put in crates and. And brought up. Yeah, so let's explain. So that's that's a little bit more challenging. Let's just explain a little bit about how the typical harvest goes. I mean, okay. we're measuring the sugar level. Like I go out there yeah. with my refractometer and uh, <clears throat> you know test the sugar level. And I bring stuff back in and look at the um, try to look at the acidity and the pH, mm-hmm. and we're trying to figure out exactly this right you know sweet spot of when you have the sugar level high enough but not too high, and when the acidity has dropped but not too far. 
um, and the pH is still good so the wine will be stable. You don't want it to be um, too, if the pH is too high, that means that it's not acidic enough, and then you can get these microorganisms growing. So there's this really sweet spot, and our grapes, and I think it's just this region, have a relatively high pH for the acid level, which is a little bit unfortunate. So we've been running a little bit high on the pH to get the acid, to get the acidity right. So you're constantly doing this, and you kind of pick a day. You know, you're maybe a few days away, and you know, and then you've got to scramble to get the people, mm-hmm. scramble to get the tractor, uh, and um, and then what happens is uh, if you're doing it by tractor, which is how we typically do it, there's a tractor with treads, chingalata, mm-hmm. in a trailer. Ching. Chingalata? Yeah, uh, is the is a treaded oh, okay. a metal treaded okay. tractor, which we have to have because the land is okay. so steep. The tractor pulls this big trailer. Mm-hmm. We have buckets mm-hmm. and clippers, mm-hmm. and everybody clips the clusters off, drops them to the bucket, and then hands the buckets over and dump it into the trailer. And we can probably do four or five rows, maybe, at a time. Yep. Right. So people we are spread mar- across. People are marching up or marching yeah. down the hill, and we're, they're handing their buckets into the middle, and the buckets yeah. get. Um, get dumped into the trailer. Yeah. And some people are really, so Lydia doesn't even use clippers. She just uses her fingernail. Yeah, she I don't know how she does off. it. And no. then Antonio is a, is a hair cutter, hairstylist by trade. And he was. Very... Styles the vine. <laughs> <laughs> right. <Yeah. laughs> he's not quite as fast as Lydia, yeah. <laughs> but he's good. He worked hard. You yeah. know, <laughs> uh, we got it done. So that's what happens typically. If you have a, a buyer who wants the grapes crated, mm-hmm. um, the, the reason they do that is pretty obvious. If you pour these grapes into this big trailer, <clears throat> the ones at the bottom are being crushed mm-hmm. by the weight of the ones on top. And I don't remember how much, how many, t- we had a cup. what, how many? I thought it was like 3,000 kilos. kilos. So 3,000 kilos. We had about three and a half tons of white grapes. So that mm-hmm. was two trailers full. So mm-hmm. you can imagine that um, in one of these trailers, you got you know you got thousands of pounds sitting pushing down on the grapes. So um, so sometimes uh, <clears throat> when you're making white wine, especially, you want to crush the grapes and press them immediately, usually, and then you start uh, fermenting. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they don't want the they don't want the stuff being crushed because now you've got this juice sitting next to the seeds and the skin, and you're extracting tannins in, and it can make the it make the wine a little harsh. So especially with white grapes. Sometimes they want to have everything crated, which mm-hmm. means that you collect all the grapes in these big plastic crates mm-hmm. and they stack so that they're not crushing. So the weight of the maximum weight of the grapes is just, you know, maybe a foot right. of grapes on top of the guys right. on the bottom. Uh, so that's, there's been some discussion about that. That would be a big headache. That's mm-hmm. a lot of crates mm-hmm. just to get, just, just to think about it. And it's a lot of hauling yeah. because it takes up a lot more, a lot more room. Um, <clears throat> when we do it by hand, which we've done for our own harvest, we we harvest the grapes into the crates and yep. then haul the haul the crates up by hand. Yes, which we did for, for the a, reds. We did for a batch of the reds yeah. for the house, the stuff that we're making house wine yeah. out of. Which this year we did it. We we did a couple of rows, right? Yep. Four or five rows. We Next did, year we'll we just did, uh, let me think about this. We did how many? We did maybe fifteen crates, mm-hmm. and a crate's about twenty kilos. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Yeah, about 40 pounds. Yeah. So 15 to 600 pounds. So we did okay. about 600 pounds of red grapes and we'll maybe get a hundred liters of red okay. wine out of that. We don't have a, we don't have a press. 
So we just do it with a colander yeah. in our hands. It just kind yeah. of like try to separate out the seeds and the and the skins <clears throat> after the fermentations happen. So we did a, we did maybe fifteen crates by hand. But um, hauling them up is not easy. So next no. year we'll do we'll take them we'll take them a, a from more rows and not go as deep deep yeah. down the hillside. That was just stupid of us. Yeah, that, that was we just an thinking. amateur move. Yeah, we, instead of. So we are, the land is on this, you know, the vineyard's on this steep land. Mm-hmm. And instead of just taking the first section from each of the rows, mm-hmm. we went down a row, which means that we, <laughs> so we have to carry them all so the way. Stupid. Right. I mean, yeah. Right. Uh, so we, next year we'll just take, yeah. we'll just take the first section yeah. and then if we need more, we'll take another right. section right. Uh, rather than marching all the way down the hill and then marching all the way back. Yeah. Uh, uh so we we pulled out maybe 600 pounds of grapes, which is a relatively small harvest. I think next year maybe we'll do a little more than that, maybe yeah. closer to a thousand. Okay. And then the rest we did with the Again, the, with the tractor, yeah, which did not take very long. No, the red harvest was not as um, was not as uh, the yield was not as high as mm-hmm. the whites, which is a little bit abnormal. Mm-hmm. But we had a huge harvest last year, so maybe yeah. this is sort of a, a yeah. regression to the mean or cycling or something but like that. But the wine's good. So we had friends come and help with the pressing. So what mm-hmm. happens with the red grapes is you crush them. And mm-hmm. we bought a we bought an old crusher, destimmer, which is the magic machine I that love Gina it. loves. Love you it, love it. Clusters in the top, and out from the end come stems, mm-hmm. and out the bottom come crushed grapes. So stems, sorry, skins, seeds, and juice. Well, we borrowed it, and then yeah. and then. I've wanted this machine, and Pietro yeah. said, oh, let me see if I can get it. And he asked the guy, and a typical Italian, no, 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 can't have it, can't have it, can't have it. He waited another week, asked the guy. Okay, you can have okay, it. Okay, you can have <laughs> It's not in that, I mean, it's fine. It's nothing fancy, that's for oh, sure. Oh, no, but it's just great. you got to replace the cord and all kinds of stuff. At any rate, um, so you crush it, mm-hmm. uh, and then we let it sit for a little while. Most people immediately start a fermentation, but I like to let things kind of settle down. Then we start the fermentation, which we had, <clears throat> excuse me, a little bit difficult time mm-hmm. with because it was cold. Yeah. So we stuck a heater in there. Yeah. And it takes a little time for that, um, for the bacteria, the yeast to start chewing mm-hmm. on the, on the sugar to make alcohol, um, if the temperature is not high enough. So we warmed up a little bit and that all went fine. Um, the fermentation ended and then we had your friends mm-hmm. visit, right? Yeah. And, um, we immediately, as we said last time. Put them to work. Uh, put them so to work. Trista and Sharif pressed by hand, right? Yep. We all, the three of us pressed by hand. You supervised. <laughs> and, uh, no, you helped too. And we, um, and then we, we brought it all the way down into the basement through that tube with yeah, you sprayed, sucking on the tube. Yeah. I tried to, I tried to siphon the, uh, wine, uh, which is probably, 50, no, maybe more than that, 100 liters, 120 liters. Yeah, probably 50 gallons or so, maybe a little more. Um, Try to siphon it by by sucking on it. And I got the I got it most of the way, but couldn't get couldn't break the final mm-hmm. little little hump. And my lips were just I looked like uh, I'm playing the trumpet or uh, something. I had these gigantic lips. Um, and uh, finally, we got the pump working. I sprayed, I sprayed all kinds of, uh, grape juice, wine at that point, all over the basement. We got that cleaned up. Gee, I was really upset, but you were very calm about it and we got it cleaned up. And now it's sitting in a steel tank. Um, and we'll put it on wood as soon as we're back from the States. Mm-hmm. So in February, we'll put it on wood and leave it in for maybe probably a year until, until we get to bottle it. Yeah. Keep topping it off. And, uh, this year it's not quite as acidic. Mm-hmm. It's really nice. It's going to be good. And the last the 2013, which was our no, wait, 2014, mm-hmm. which was our inaugural year. 
um, or the one that I keep saying is too acidic, mm-hmm. is coming along yeah. actually really nicely yeah. in the bottle. You just need bottle. to leave it alone. Yeah. It could, it could sit for probably five or six mm-hmm. years. I don't know if we can let it sit for mm-hmm. five or six years, but it'll be good. Yeah. It'll be good. The red, I think, um, we kind of have figured out. The next thing is to try to do a white, which is a yeah. little more difficult in terms of temperature. And then we might try a little blending at some point with the red. Rather than just do 100% okay. multiple John. Maybe not. You like it just to all be estate yeah, I do. bottled. Yeah, I yeah. do. Okay, well, forget that then. <laughs> so that's it. Vendemia, that's a lot of fun. Um, it's great to have people here. It absolutely is. If they're is. physically fit. Yeah, yeah. I because mean, we I... could use the, it's not complicated work, it's hard work, and it's a heck of a lot of fun. I mm-hmm. mean, it is super beautiful, and we have a big lunch, and at the end of the day, you know, you're just tired and happy, and yeah. uh, it's just a really great feeling. You're outdoors. The it's a beautiful view. Mm-hmm. Am I trying to sell it? Am I selling it? No, too much? no. It absolutely. And I think you're absolutely right. The problem is we just don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, we can't get it down. We can't even predict it a week out. Yeah, a week out, we're down to maybe three or four days yeah. about when it's going to happen. But it, when people are making plans, it's hit or miss. That's mm-hmm. for sure. Um, the boys helped us this year, mm-hmm. and we had Billy come a little bit early to help, but they were both here for the red mm-hmm. and not here for the, the the white. It's really hard. to I mean, unless you can pick a window of maybe three weeks <laughs> yeah. or two and a half weeks, something like that, it's hard to know. Mm-hmm. But take your, you know, take your chances. You'll If it's not us, someone will be harvesting. We could always That's find true. a place to pick. That's if true. If people are dead, you know, dead serious mm-hmm. about um, picking. We've got yeah. lots of friends with vineyards, and they'd be happy to have the Well, have, and have we're going to need help. With olives, Tristan Sharif pulled olives off of one our tree. one our one tree, and holy cow! The better part of an afternoon. <laughs> now it's big and overgrown, and it was really really happy. It it put yeah. off a bunch of olives, but but you we know, have three hundred and six out there that need to be a couple of couple more years of. when those mm-hmm. things are really humming. That's going to be you know we're tired after the the grape harvest that that it's happens like what two weeks later yeah. maybe. Oh my gosh! Yeah, I'm exhausted. Yeah, already just thinking about it. Um, but that's the way it goes. Yep. That's the life of a farmer. Yep. So, um, so that's Vendemia of 2015. We're looking forward to the next one. Make your plans. Uh, <laughs> we usually, the, the white harvest is usually September, end of, end of August at the very yeah. earliest through the middle of September, yeah. I would say typically. Mm-hmm. And then the red Montepulciano de Bruzzo mm-hmm. is three to three and a half, maybe four weeks later. Yeah. So the end of September, beginning of October. Fair enough? Yep. Right? This last one with the red, we got stalled out because we had rain. Yeah. We were, it was at the perfect, you know, the, the, the grapes were perfectly ready, and then mm-hmm. it rained, yeah. which is okay. Um, it doesn't do anything. The grapes kind of just hold. Uh, but then you have to wait for things to dry enough to get a tractor out there on that, on that slippery yeah. land. And um, so it seemed like it, that dragged on for quite a while. But the grapes turned out perfect. Mm-hmm. Same thing. Sugar level, perfect acidity really good yeah we'll see how we do i'm looking forward to it there you go that's it that's the story of vendemia 2015 oh my goodness that's two podcasts with only one week apart it's like I know. We're, and now we're taking another break, right? Oh, yeah, we, we are I mean, taking a break. we're gone for the month. Yeah. You have your book, your book launch. My book launch. On January 19th. Not that far away. Just a couple of so weeks away. So we'll be back in the States for the month. Yeah. And we, 
I mean, we can bring the tape recorder, but we never do it when we say we're going to do it. Well, we'll bring it. Yeah, okay. Just so we can feel guilty when we don't do but it. But we're going to be traveling around seeing our friends. Friends and, and family types. Yeah, having then, a dinner um, party at Dad. I think, yeah. Yeah. Dad always likes to have dinner parties when we show up. That's like a week from today. <laughs> yeah. So uh, so there you go. Uh, thanks so much for downloading the podcast. Oh, I'm just going to put in a commercial and ad here. If you have any interest at all in the book, go online, uh, 50bits.com. You can search for it anywhere you can get books, Amazon, uh, you know, Barnes & Noble, all, all that kind of stuff. It's a book about uh, how to activate your best intentions, how to bring behavior into line with what you want to do. You can use it on yourself. You can use it on your family, uh, coworkers, et cetera. It's a fun book. There's a lot of Gina in the book. Unfortunately, yeah. And um, very What I do wrong. Very, no. Very accessible, and uh, you might enjoy it. Yeah. You could help me out by buying a copy <laughs> for you. and I can buy another friends. plant. <laughs> yeah, right. We need it. We need it. Thanks for downloading the podcast. Uh, Gina, give them the details. Okay, well, I gotta put my glasses on. Um, okay, if you want to send us an email, our address is tutodopio at gmail dot com. That's t u t t o d o p p i o at gmail dot com, or visit us online at tutodopio dot com. You've been posting pictures and things, right? Oh, yeah. So you've been much more active. Yeah. I don't do any of that. Like us on Facebook, facebook dot com backslash tutodopio farm, all one word. Follow us on oh, Twitter. Mm hmm. Our handle is tuto underscore dopio. That's T-U-T-T-O underscore D-O-P-P-I-O. And if you like this podcast, please be sure to give it a review or a rating on iTunes. That really helps others find the podcast, and that's what we want. This week's song is Open by Melanie Unger. Gina, in Boca a Lupo. Crepe a Lupo. Ciao, baby. Ciao, 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 ciao. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Open your eyes. Look into mine. With just one stare, I know I'll be fine Open those lips, lock them with mine With just one kiss, our hands intertwine Open your hand, grasp mine together With you by my side, I could stay here forever Open your ears Whisper to me, tell me you love me and make me crazy.
Welcome to the Tuto Dopio podcast, the show about an American couple totally in love. <laughs> totally. <laughs>